All right, all right, all right. All right, count me down, Scotty. 49, 17, 10. Oh, that was it? Wow, okay. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm Welcome everybody <laughs> to another episode of Nets Propaganda. I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Burke Harrell. Charles is clearly daydreaming today. And we are two guys that like discussing other people's excellence. And last night, we saw excellence. For those who did not see or have not heard yet, I'm sure by the time you are listening to this pod, you definitely would have heard, but Kevin Durant had a game of his life last night. 49 points, I believe 17 rebounds, 10 assists, and a must-needed win for the Brooklyn Nets as they retake the lead in the series 3-2 against the Milwaukee Bucks. No Kyrie Irving. James Harden did play, but he was only there in spirit. Uh, He was not able to do much, only had like five points. You can tell he has no burst. You can tell he can't drive or do anything right now. He's just trying to be out there for moral support. He did, I believe, have eight assists, so that was cool. Um, But I believe he had like seven turnovers or something like that. So, but, you know, he's just trying to thug it out. But Kevin Durant took over in the third and fourth quarter when the Nets desperately needed him most. And I don't want to be the prisoner of the moment. I don't want to downplay his other accomplishments. I don't want to act like I'm overstating this, but I really do believe last night was Kevin Durant's magnum opus. I really do. He's the only player in NBA postseason history with 45 plus points, 15 plus boards and 10 assists. So it really was an all-time performance. And I texted you in the first quarter saying this is hurting my heart because the Nets just weren't playing like we have been used to all season. Kevin Durant, however, in the second half did exactly what every Nets fan, at least, and Stephen A. Smith, to his credit, surprisingly, said he would have to do for the Nets to win, and that's control the game. Stephen A. Smith said he has to drop 50 points, and if he didn't miss that uh, free throw at the end, it would be a 50-17-10 and 10 triple-double. Now, as a Nets fan, I think it goes without saying, that is the best playoff performance by a Net that I have ever seen. Maybe there's one I'm forgetting from the J. Kidd era or, or Vince Carter's uh, tenure, but I truly believe that is the best postseason Nets performance in franchise history. James Harden, to his credit, like you said, he's trying to thug it out, but he did. His, his highlight from that game, surprisingly, was defensive. Towards the end of the game, when the game's on the line, Giannis has the ball. Harden waves off the double team and ends up defending the reigning two-time MVP and defensive player of the year and stops him. Harden, play defense. I, I, I don't know if I need to go in more depth for anyone listening because it's not like the beard is known for his defensive prowess, but that happened. And we've been getting, I say we as Nets fans, have been getting a lot of shit the last couple of days because we've been saying, in, in, in a tone, Giannis isn't that good or doesn't have a bag or yada, yada, yada. He's just big. His name is the Greek freak for a reason. And there's, there was that highlight 
of him in Brooklyn not being able to do anything against uh, Blake besides just running into him. Hey, if it's working, it's working. Keep doing it. I'm not hating it on that. But there is a visible talent difference when it comes to handles and shooting between the superstars that are on the court and Giannis. So and I think that was kind of magnified last night because he wasn't guarding Kevin Durant. The defensive player of the year was not guarding Kevin Durant. He was staying away from Kevin Durant, shying away from Kevin Durant. And the Nets were kind of letting Gianna shoot. And to his credit, dude was making threes last night. So the game was probably an all-time game because when do you have a 17-point lead and it should be dead at halftime, but you have a team that everyone kept watching the game because it was like at any moment, the Nets could come back. And that's saying something because every Nets fan was watching it like, I don't know if Harden should be playing. Yeah, well, I agree. I agree with everything you just said. Um Last night was special. Uh, look, Stephen A. Stephen A. said, "You know, and, and, I, and I'm going to be real. I, I'm going to be very honest. I was saying the same thing. I said I need this game. I needed this game from Kevin Durant. I needed that. Uh, you know, like Stephen A. said, I'm not asking for the series. I needed the game. I needed the game because that game was important. We have home court. Even if we lose Game Six, which we probably will, we're back home Game Seven. That means Harden has a couple more days of rest. That means Kyrie has a couple more days of rest where he could potentially come back. Your role players usually always play better at home, and I'll get to that in a second. But I just needed that game. I needed that game. I, I, I kind of wanted a game four because I believed if it happened game four, we would have won last night just off the strength of I think the Bucks would have came in here like, yo, we really can't beat these guys. Um Oh, before you dive deep into the role players, because I think me and you both want to touch on that. Let's just rewind it real quick because me and you waited till game five because we didn't want to overreact after the games three and four in Milwaukee props to the bucks. Like I I think the nets are a better team. I really do. I'd be lying to say anything different. I believe the bucks. They're, they're they're a much better team. Yeah. I I really believe this has proven that, but he, look at this. Look at the quarter breakdown last night because let's, let's be real. Me and you were not too excited after that first quarter. At halftime, we still had hope because there's a whole nother half and you have one of, the one of if not the best player playing for your team. So if you were to just to break it down in your imagination how the game went last night, you would feel like the Bucks were up for three quarters. Now in the first quarter, the Bucks ended it with a 29 to 15 lead. And then in the second quarter, the Bucks scored 30 and the Nets scored 28. Those were the only two uh, quarters that the Bucks outscored the Nets. And one of them was only by two points. So as much of a lead as they got with that 17 points, the Nets were never out of it. The Nets outscored them in the third quarter, 38-28, and obviously outscored them in the fourth quarter, 33-21. So as, as my friends were texting me, the ones that are Nets haters, <coughs> Celtics fans, uh, were texting me last night, talking all this garbage about just look at the lineups. You guys can't beat the Bucks. Not only can we beat the Bucks, we should have swept the Bucks. This game should have never happened. But props to Giannis, props to Chris Middleton, because Chris Middleton is, is, is a much improved player. And that's just year to year. I'm not even trying to say, oh, it's because it's the Nets. No, he's, he went from a spot-up shooter to somebody that is a solid second option on, on a contending team. So I, I want to give props where they're due, but at the same time, if both teams are 100% healthy, the Nets sweep. That's the difference here. So no disrespect well, I mean, honestly, to Giannis. Honestly, the difference, look, look at game two, look at game four, right? 
Because here's how I look at it. And here's, and here's why I said, even with, when, when Kyrie went down, I, I said, we can still win this series. I need, I need Kevin Durant to, to have a game, but we can still win the series. Game two, they were down as much as 50. I know it's 49, but they were, let's be real. It was 50 points. The Nets had the Nets rotation players had several opportunities to get over 50. They kept turning the ball over and, and uh, missing shots. But, um, you know, they were down 50, lost by 40, right? And that was a game where they played their absolute worst and we played our absolute best. So that shows you if, they, if we're playing at our best and they're playing at their worst, we are 50 points better than them. Game four was the opposite. They played their best game of the series as a whole, as a team. And we played probably our worst game as a team. And we, and we still only lost by 11. So that tells you we're just a better team. Cause even when we're playing at our worst and they're playing at our bet at their best, there's not much of a difference when we're playing at our best and they're playing at our work at their worst. Uh, we're in two totally different at- atmospheres. And so for me, I was sitting there saying, look, we have two games at home. The role players are going to play better. Um, the crowd will be on our side. We need Kevin Durant to be Kevin Durant, and we can still win this series, even if James Harden and Kyrie Irving don't come back, because I've seen it for myself to say, wait a minute, we're just a better team than they are. Just from, from top to bottom, we are a better team than they are. Part of that is because Giannis, as great as he is, he cannot take over a game in the playoffs. He just can't. He doesn't have the skill set. That's not, that's no offense to him, but he he's a center. He's a center that has enough handle to dribble from one, one uh, end to the court to the other, but yeah. that's about, but that's about it. He's a center. He's a freak. Um, he's a freak athlete. He's, his name is the Greek freak for a reason. And, and all the shade I've been throwing his way, minimal shade, mind you, because we're comparing greats to greats essentially. Right. I, I'm, I'm as a Nets fan is saying my big three is all better than Giannis because of their talent. And you could argue, no, they're not. Look at him on defense. Because I even texted you, as much, even when we were down in the first half, I texted you like, damn, that was a nice block. Because sometimes, you know, when you see pure talent and you see them playing at their best, it's hard to hate. Giannis had a, had a block on, I think it was Blake. Just that no, was, it, was, it, was, it was Jeff Green. It was Jeff Green. It was Jeff Green? Yep. That was just clean. It was, it was, that's how you teach somebody to jump in the air and block. So when I'm saying his talents, I don't necessarily mean on both sides of the court e- either. He's a great defensive player. As far as defensive players go, he's anybody would want G- uh, Giannis on their squad. But when it comes to offense and how a couple of years ago they were saying he might be a point forward when Jason Kidd was his head coach and how they wanted to mold him, that's just not happened. That hasn't happened. He's not a point forward like uh, like a LeBron is. He, he doesn't have the skill set. He doesn't have the passing that, that it, we've seen from the point guards in the league. With that being said, he's like a, a more athletic ver- – he's like young Shaq. You can't stop him if he decides to just keep doing what he's doing. But you play hack-a-shack. Last night when they were only uh, down by three and or they were down by four and they, need, they wanted to get a quick possession off and score and then stop us and score again, all Jeff Green had to do was foul him while he was driving. Take those two shots. I hope you make both of them. Give us back the ball. Right. So, so and I, there's and ways to beat Giannis. That's the sad part. And, it, I'll, it, and I'll get and I'll get to hack a Giannis uh, later on too. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and because I said this a couple years ago, my dad said I was being disrespectful. I'm like, Dad, I'm not being disrespectful. He's he's a he's the best center in the league. That's what he is. He's not a guard. He's not a wing. He's the best center in the league. And my dad said, Oh, you're being disrespectful. But 
even after this, I think last year he finally admitted that he was wrong. And then this year he's he, he like, yeah, he he's just not that he's not on the same level as those guys. He cannot do the things offensively that you need somebody of his caliber to do. Um, like I said with the Tennessee Titans, um, with Derrick Henry, they're the same player. If you take away their ability to get a full head of steam going towards the basket, they're very limited in what they can do. Giannis in the regular season, because of the pace and because people don't play defense as much in the regular season and because people aren't going to show you their best defensive strategies against you in the regular season, he looks unstoppable because every time he gets the ball, he has a full head of steam and he's going straight to the basket. And with his long legs and athletic ability, he sidesteps anybody who just steps in front of him and he dunks it. He's not doing that in the playoffs because you're not giving him that space. You're not giving him that leeway. You're not giving him that runway. Even when we're not guarding him until the free throw line, we're still walling up. We're still, he still doesn't have just a free path to just bully his way to the basket all the time. Now he's still a good player. He does it from time to time, but he's, he's not getting, you know, 20 possessions of that like he would in, in, in the regular, in the regular season, he'll get maybe 10. And, and, and that's the thing. Once you take away the, that, there's not much else he can do. And, because, and if that's your best player and it trickles down from everybody else, it just shows the difference. We are a better team top to bottom. Even if you take away two of our three stars, I'm looking at this team and I'm saying, look, from top to bottom, we're a better team. If we're playing at our best and they're playing at their best, we're going to win every time. If we're playing at our best and they're playing at their worst, we're going to blow them out. And it's not the other way around. If they're playing at their to best. Your point, real quick, to your point, last night, the this, this 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 very big game five, the field goal percentage for both teams are identical, 49.4%. The Bucks shot better from three with 40.6%. They made 13 threes. We made 16 threes. We chucked up 43 threes in comparison, though, to their 32 they made more field goals than the Nets. Mm -hmm. They made 41 for 83. The Nets were 38 for 77. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just saying that because looking at the, the field goal percentage and three-point percentage alone, if it was reversed, it just percentage was reversed, the Nets would have blown out the Bucks. Like right. the fact that the Bucks were shooting better from three, I'm, I, I wouldn't have guessed that from watching the game. Maybe in the first half, obviously, but the way uh, KD took it over, Jeff Green was seven for seven go, uh, up until the last three minutes of the game. He missed. The, he finally missed the three. So if anything, I think we need to touch on what you alluded to earlier, the role players, because Uncle Jeff had a, had a career uh, postseason game, at least his best one since he was like a Celtic, right? So well, Uncle Jeff is, is now entering my favorite net of all time category. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, he really is. He's been... I've said this all year. He's been our most consistent player all year. When he's the only time he hasn't been uh, good is when he's not been there because of injury. Like he's he got banged up like his shoulder a little bit. I think he had a foot injury earlier, and then he had a foot injury in the playoffs. But when he's played, he has been our most consistent player. I don't remember him having a quote unquote bad game except for Game Four, but that was the first game he came back from the foot. So I excused it, and you saw what he did last night. Um. And look, I know when I'm wrong, I, when we got Jeff Green, I said, what are we doing? Why are we getting Jeff Green? We need Ibaka. We need this. We need that. I have been, I have never been more happy to admit that I'm wrong. 
He has been fantastic this whole year, and he's just stepped up. He's a veteran role player that knows his role, and he's just stepped up every single time we ask him to step up. And and I appreciate that. That's why he's becoming one of my favorite Nets. He's played so good, we forgot who we wanted instead of him. Exactly, exactly. He, I mean, he's been much better than Ibaka this year. There it was. I, I was bugging the hell out of me. I was like, I know if I say it out loud, you'll remember. <laughs> I couldn't remember who we were talking about. Yeah, no, no. We we wanted Ibaka. We got we settled for Jeff Green, and it turned out to be the better deal because uh, he's playing much better than Ibaka is this year. And Claxton barely played last night. That which to to my surprise. Right, and so you know it. And again, we have home court advantage. This is why I was saying in the regular season, hey y'all. Like y'all are downplaying this home court advantage thing. Like that's actually important. I know, I know that we're you know we believe we know that I'm y'all. I'm y'all. Let me let me. I'll eat the humble pie now. You just did. I got you. I'm the y'all. He's talking to me, everybody. I'm the one that downplayed home court advantage, and I will say right now after game five that I was very wrong because I feel much more confident and just better about the situation, knowing that if there is a possible game seven, it's in Brooklyn. Right. So I will take that L. I I, for, I was the positive one all year. I I I I'm seemingly right about the defense because let's be real, we were everyone was worried we were going to get swept by the Bucks and that ain't happening. So I'm I, I will take the dub where where Brett gives it to me, but I have to own up to I I was so wrong about it. Doesn't matter where we're seated. It definitely matters, and it showed now. So. Yeah, man, we, we both we both had had our rights and our wrongs this this season, but at least after Game Five, they have broken the right way for uh, for us fans. I mean, and yeah. no, absolutely, we we you know, and I will say this too: we are both big Joe Harris fans. He's got there. His- it is. I knew I was going to say like we're gonna we have to talk about our boy Joey Buckets or gotta, Joey No More Buckets. Got to step up, and when I say that out of love, me and you both love Joe Harris. We've been on the Joe Harris bandwagon for a lot of other people because we are Nets fans and we like them. I knew Joe Harris before most anybody because I was in Cleveland when, when he got drafted by Cleveland. He's and, averaging like five points a game the last three playoff games. This is the man that led the league in three-point shooting again. He's one of the best shooters, and he's much better than a three-point shooter. I want to clarify that. Anybody that thinks Joe Harris is just a spot-up shooter is very wrong. He's incredibly good at getting the ball, driving, and dishing it back out. He, he knows how to make a play, so that's why he's on the court. Everyone's saying, why is he playing 37 minutes play, shooting that terribly? That's because he's not just a shooter, to his credit. With that being said, he has to shoot better. He has been playing terribly for just the player we expect him to be. We needed more than what he expected. And not not only that, and this is just the reality situation. He got paid a lot of money, man. They don't pay you a lot of money to lead the league in three-point percentage in a regular season. They're paying you that money because we're expecting you to be Steve Kerr. We're expecting you to be Robert Ory. We're expecting you to be some of these great three-point shooting role players in the playoffs because we're going to need him. At some point, there's going to be a time where we swing it, swing it, swing it, it goes to Joe Harris. We need to know that you're going to knock down that shot. I will remind you, when the Cavs played the Warriors, uh, the first year KD was there, they were down 2-1. They had a chance to win game four and tie the series up. LeBron passed it to Kyle Korver, who was wide open in the corner. If Kyle Korver makes that shot, they win that game. And who knows what happens? It's a 2-2 series. And remember, this is the this is the right after uh, Golden State uh, lost 3-1 to the Cavs. So we don't know what that would have done to them mentally, emotionally, psychologically. 
but they missed that shot and it was all over from there. So those players are important. It's not just a big three. You could go throughout history. You know, again, Jordan had Paxton and Steve Kerr. You could go throughout history. There's going to be a time you need those role players to hit big shots down the stretch. And it's a hard job. Robert Ory made, Robert Ory talks about it all the time. Like, yo, like, y'all act like my job is easy. It's not. I need to be, I'm not getting the shots that those other guys are getting. But yeah, I'm, I'm always have to be on. You know what I mean? Ray I'm, Allen. Ray Allen. Enough said. Ray Allen. Right. And, and so, you know, we understand that Joe Harris has a hard job to do as well because you don't get the consistency that the, that the superstars get. You don't get to go nine for 25. You know what I mean? You, you have to get your points in only 10 to 12 shots. But and it's worse, though, for Joe Harris, especially last night, because everything you just said, I agree with. I'm not disagreeing at all. And it's rough on these role players because we expect them to go three for four, not nine for 30. I agree. But at the same time, Joe Harris has consistently the last three playoff games, game three, four, and five, missed wide open shots. Mm-hmm. Unacceptable wide open shots. One or two, hey, man, bad bounces, right? But the shots have been bad to the point where, dude, you're in your head. Like, you can see it. We all know. We all played ball before. When somebody has the yips or whatever you want to call it, like they're just in their own head that they're not going to make the shot, that's the worst thing for you. Like, and it sucks because I don't see the body language from the team like, oh, they've given up hope in Joe Harris. They keep making plays for him, right? So it's, it's only his body language. Like, after he shoots a shot, he just knows when it's not going in sometimes. And it's like, you could tell he shot it with bad faith compared to other times where he shoots it and he looks like he's getting ready to stunt and it just doesn't go in. So right. it, 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 it's a mental thing too. You're it's, it's crazy. Cause I, I didn't think of it like that, that yeah, he doesn't get the, the chance to get into a rhythm, but the sad part is, and, and this is a win. So we, we can be this critical last night. He had enough shots to get into a rhythm. He just never got into a rhythm. And five points is unacceptable. Listen, Joe, we expect when we need you 15 points, roughly. When Kai went down, Nets fans wanted Joe Harris to start dropping 20 pieces. A game, not like, you know, what KD did last night and just take over a game. But he's such a good three-point shooter that if he makes seven of them through four quarters, that's 21 points. Right. He 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 was supposed to do a Jeff Green day go seven for eight. Yeah, he was he was supposed to be seven for seven midway through the fourth uh, the, the the fourth quarter. And us every time he touches the ball at three, everybody in Barclays is throwing up throwing up uh, the three and just screaming. That that's what we want from Joe Harris, and it just sucks because this is the the third playoffs where it's like this where he just disappears in the playoffs. And I don't want to say that. I want it to change. I want him to change the narrative this year. But this is not the first time he has disappeared in the postseason. The first time was 2019. I don't remember if he played last year in the bubble. But the first time was 2019 against Philly. He mm-hmm. was nowhere to be found. Yeah, that, and that's and that's big, especially, look, bro, they paid him a lot of money and he got a long-term deal. So it's not like – He's gone at, during this during the summer. He's going to be back next year. Your team. I want him back next year too. Don't get it twisted. I, I don't think this is a. No, no, I, I, no, no. What I'm saying is, but yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make. Your teammates got to be able to trust you, bro. And at the end of the day, uh, I I will I will rem- I remember you know the day after he got p- paid, or maybe like shortly after he got paid. You know, Kai came home from practice, 
And he said, yo, I ain't going to lie to you. Joe looking like he earning his money. He, he was hitting everything t- today. Um, I said, good. And then the regular season, obviously, he had a great regular season. But throughout the entire season, you know, it, it was like, yo, what's he going to do in the playoffs? That's that's the thing that people ask because that's a, it's a legit question. They don't pay you for right, what you do in the regular season. They want to know what you're going to do in the playoffs. That's why there's a lot of pressure on Giannis now because it's like, bro, you got to step your game up. At the very least, learn how to freaking shoot the ball because they're paying you as if you're one of the best players in the league. If But if you can't get your team past the second round every year because you're not good enough to beat the best – you know, four teams in the East, then, you know, they're going to look, they're going to uh, kill you for that. You know, Giannis just signed a Supermax. He's going to feel the pressure if they don't win this series. Um, and speaking, this just uh, came over the, the wire. Harden is available for, for game six and Kyrie is out. Okay. So we, we know the beard will play again in game six to everything. You now, said so before. let me ask you, let me ask you this. Should he play? Yes, I think he should play because at least in the second half of, of game five, the first half he was terrible. And it was and it, and it's and it sucks because you love the fact that he wants to be out there, that he's obviously playing in pain. You're, you're worrying that he you you hope as a human and, and a hoops fan, not a Nets fan, every type of, of decent human being is just hoping, please don't get hurt. You know what I mean? Don't make it worse. And he didn't. Uh, but in the second half, he saw him adjust. He knew he didn't have the burst. He knew he, he couldn't do. The, the James Harden draw fouls like he usually can. So he started making different plays. And yeah, he didn't have the game that anyone wants him to have, but I do think his pre- his mere presence affected the game. I think it was positive out there. I think it's like uh, what the Broncos did when, when the running back was hurt in the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. Just be out there. They have to game plan for you if you're out there. And a lot of that first half was him chucking up bricks because if, if your leg's hurting – you got to figure out a whole new way to shoot. So I, I think there's a lot of different things at play. I think he wants to play in game six. I think he wants to close out the series. And I think the team feels like the best chance of closing out the series is having the beard out there. That's at least how I perceive it from last night. I, I think he feels good enough that when the game was on the line, he wanted to cover Giannis by himself. Yeah. that That's telling. Like, like that's telling – because we all make the joke, the Shaq been a fool highlights uh, of James Harden's defense. We've all seen them. They're funny, yada, yada, yada. But when the game was on the line last night, this man with one leg came up on defense. No, so, I, I, I agree. Um, I'm torn about this. Uh, I, I, I'm, under the, I'm giving the Bucks enough credit and respect to say I, I don't think they go out like that. I think they're going to win game six regardless. Um, so because of that, do you play James Harden? Um, and I guess the real question is, and I don't know because I'm not a doctor, I don't know how this would work. What is better for the hamstring? Does it make more sense to play, to keep it warmed up and to, uh, at least keep it, you know, putting a little pressure on it so, so it could heal itself or, uh, does it make more sense that, okay, you played on it now, give it some time. Now give it, you know, because again, game seven is not until Saturday. That's four days, extra days of healing it, massaging it, you know, doing whatever, you know, doing his treatments, doing whatever he needs to do to get his hamstring together. So to me, I'm like, what what's better for the long-term health of the hamstring? Now, because I don't know, it could be a cold thing too. It might be, no, you don't want to sit. 
if you play it on it. You don't want to sit four days because that will make it too cold. I don't I don't know what the answer is. I don't like I said, I don't I'm not a health you know professional. I don't know. Oh yeah, but, me neither. And from what I've heard, all the ex-athletes that are in the media say when he got hurt initially and he walked off on his own accord, they were saying that it was more of if, if he say he got hurt earlier in the year than he did and he missed those 20 games, this would be the same injury and he'd just be getting ready for the playoffs and he'd be able to play the whole playoffs, but you're, you know, let's, let's see how it is for a couple of games. So it's not like it's a manageable injury is is the perception I got from all the ex players analyzing this injury. Now, none of them are doctors, so we don't know, but judging, you know, basketball players kind of know their injuries when it comes to hamstrings and rolled ankles. And if a bunch of ex players are like, no, you don't need really need to be worried about this. Just make sure you don't lose the series while he's out. I, 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 I'll take it as a positive because it, it is a catch-22 no matter what. Even if the doctor says, no, you're better off playing, life is life, man. You could right. just get hurt. It could be a completely separate injury. Right. So it sucks. It, it really does, especially with Kevin Durant on the, on the team, all the whole world watching him get hurt in the finals a couple of years ago. So we're right. all hesitant. Every single every single fan is pissed off at the amount of injuries this season. So and and so like that's why I said the the non scumbag ones aren't cheering for injuries. They're not celebrating injuries. Like I know me and you, we don't want Embiid to be hurt. Like that's not the path you want to the championship. You want to beat the best on your way to the title. So right. it, it sucks, but at the same time, if he can play, we just saw him play. We saw him play a lot just now. So, so if, if he can play, he can play, let him play. Well, and I think that's my thing too. What I do know is if he's going to play, he's going to play a lot of minutes because that is one of those, you don't want him to sit and it get cold again. Like, so if he's going to play, he's going to be out there. So that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know that now. I don't know in the bigger he played picture. 46 minutes. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know in the bigger scheme of things. I don't know what makes more sense to play him now that he's played on it, keep playing him. And it can, so it can work itself back into shape or, He's played on it. He's loosened it up a little bit. All right, cool. Give him more extra days of rest and treatment so he should be even better for game seven. I don't know. James Harden only had five points. Right. And I guess guess my point is game six, if he – I I guess my point is, to me, it doesn't make sense to play him game six. If you win game six without him, great. That gives him even more time to rest. If you lose game six without him, cool – because you need him for game, you definitely need him for game seven. Why risk him tweaking it game six? Because if you mess around and lose game six, now you definitely don't have him for game seven. Yeah, so but, get, but but at the same time, if he if he goes out there and he drops a thirty point triple double and he gets he tweaks it and we win, you know what I mean? Like like the you can't worry about injuries when your season, you're literally is on the line because you'd be worrying every single game then. Well, yeah, you know what I mean, like, well, here's the thing: if we lost last night, then he has to play Game Six because you need all hands on deck. You because we won last night, you do have a little bit of wiggle room. Like, I, like I said, I'm giving the Bucks enough respect to to say that they're going to come nah, out. Nah, I, I disagree with with the giving them respect. You, you, if you can close it out, you close it out. And if that means uh, Harden plays, because his stat line last night, well, no, points, I, eight I, assists, but, six well, points. I, I agree on that. You you try to win game six. I agree on that. What I'm saying is I'm giving the Bucks enough respect to say I feel like they're going to play their best game possible, and they're probably going to win game six regardless is what I'm saying. Yeah, again, but I don't, I don't believe that because of what you said just before, to echo you, that them playing their best doesn't mean we can't win. 
They can play their best. I expect them to play their best. I expect Giannis to be a beast the next game. Right, but what I'm also saying is I don't think we're going to play our best. Again, our role players on the – their role players are going to step up. Our, our role players are going to take a step back. We already know Joe Harris doesn't have it right now. Bro, I don't think they can take a step back. They're, I think it's as rock bottom as it can get besides throwing up goose eggs in every statistical category, like which is impossible for playing. Well, I mean, minutes. remember, in that first quarter – uh, Katie and Jeff Green had literally all our points. Nobody else had a single point. I know, Drew. I, I, I know. That's what I'm. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. How can it be any worse for Joe Harris? I don't think it can. His, his stat line, just 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 for comparison, right? James Harden, 46 minutes, five points, eight assists, six boards. Joe Harris, 37 minutes, five points, one assist, three boards. So what's worse, him not playing? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised Mike James got such little burn last night, considering he's been pretty good, all things considered. Right, but um, that's my point. You got Mike James. You got Tyler Johnson. You got Chioza. You got point guards. I guess. Oh, I, dude, Chioza and, and Tyler Johnson shouldn't be playing minutes if we're winning a playoff game. No, you're true. You know I, what I mean? Come on. Like, like I get what you mean. I get your hesitancy, and I, and, and I, and I understand it. I'm just saying – we can still win. And to think that if, if, no, if, but, but, if, but, if it's going to get Charles, worse. That's, but that's my point. We, we can still win. I don't think we need to play James Harden to win is what I'm saying. If we win, great. That's even better. Give him more time to rest. If we don't, okay, we know. I, he- I, I guess, I'm, I, guess I, I guess you know, just from talking it out, I'm in the camp of playing him is better than resting him. That's where, that's where I, I'm, I'm figuring out I'm falling under because health-wise, that's how I feel now. And I recover from my own injury. If I could do something for 46 minutes, I would right now. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if, 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 cause how, how injuries work is if it feels bad, don't keep doing it. If you feel good doing it, keep doing it. I can't imagine if James Harden was in that much pain playing last night, he'd be playing again. I just, you know what I mean? Just as, as how people work. If, if he thought he was hurting his leg by playing, I, I think he would be taking your advice. You know what I mean? Well, first of all, first of all, I don't know about that because it's James Harden. He's the one without a ring. He's the one that that desperately wants to win a ring. Game five was a must-win game. Let's let's not kid ourselves. If we don't win game five, we're not winning this series. Um, I think I, I don't I don't again. He you can tell he has no burst, or or he's at least afraid to like really push off on that leg, which tells me he's not okay. So that's what I'm saying. He he might have done it out of desperation of game five. That doesn't mean that you should do it out of desperation for game six because there is no desperation for game six. Well, but he but half of him is still better than the two names, no disrespect that you said. Because if he plays like he did in the second half, facilitating but then deferring, you know, when he has to, like a, a traditional point guard role, that I think he can do it. Like he doesn't need to have the burst, set up the play, run a pick and roll. We have the personnel around you to be successful, and we saw that last night. Because because there is a big difference between first qu- quarter James Harden and fourth quarter James Harden. No, I I, I agree with that. I agree but with that's that. all I'm saying. If, if, if like if if we're gonna see more of what we saw in the second half, yeah, play. Just just defer when you figure. Because once he figured out, I need to defer. That we, we, our our offense picked up, and he wasn't the one scoring, which is. Sounds insane because the James Harden haters out there 
think he's a one-trick pony, and if you know, if he isn't scoring by by drawing fouls, he's useless. And all I saw last night was that was proven wrong. Well, he proved that wrong all season. To be fair to him, yeah, but but but, but that's that's his criticism. It doesn't matter what we just said about Joe Harris applies to the superstar that is the beard. It doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. No, that's true. That's so true. so that's all I'm saying. Like I agree with you too, but no, you know, that's and there's been a lot of different moves around the NBA because as the world paid attention to Kevin Durant, Brooklyn net all-time performance last night. Kevin, wait, 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 before we do that, before we do that, before we do it, cause you're right. There's more things we got to talk about. I just want to wrap. I just want to put a bow in this series. Uh, and this kind of combines everything that I've been saying, right? Um, if Joe Harris continues to struggle, if this isn't a game seven, if we're down in game seven, I think we should start doing the hack Giannis. Look, because my thing is we got DJ, we got TLC, we got Alize Johnson, we got Chioza, we got uh Reggie Perry. That's 30 fouls. If, <laughs> if Joey, if Joe Harris is struggling game seven and we're down, I say you take him out, you put one of them in, get get your six fouls off, put Joe back in, see if he get hot. If he's not hot. Take them back out, put another guy in that's six more fouls. But I, I would just keep rotating like that. Make Giannis beat you from the free throw line. If he goes 24 from 30 from the free throw line, you tip your cap to him and you say, Great job. I don't think he's going to do that. I think at best he's going to make 12 shots, 12 free throws, um, maybe 15. And that's, and you'll take that. All right. Um, so, so you went to game seven. I'll, I'll, I'll keep my positive streak going for this season and say we win in game six. KD has another big game, maybe not 50 point triple double, but another huge playoff performance. And Joe Harris doesn't have a better game, but he hits a bigger shot. I'm, I'm okay with that too. That's what I don't think. I think he's going to have a performance where everyone at the end of the game is going to be like uh, overreacting well, and, one way or the other. And, and well, and the reason why I'm, I'm bringing up game seven is because I don't, I don't think I would employ this strategy on the road because I think part of it is you want the crowd yelling and taunting Giannis as he's shooting free throws. Uh, you want them counting down to make sure he's not taking more than 10 seconds. You want him cheering every time he misses a free throw. So it's in his head. If you do, if you do the hack of Giannis at home, I think there's a better chance that he does make more free throws because the crowd will be supporting him, not heckling him. Um, so that's why I brought it up for a game seven scenario because at some point, you, I think you do have to th- at least look at the hack of Giannis, uh, you know, uh, game plan. I, I would. Again, you no. got you got hey. six or seven dudes that aren't playing. That's that's 30 fouls. That's 30 fouls you can u- utilize. And then it backfires and he decides to be an 80% uh, free throw shooter that day. But and mind you before we were set up this to record this we were this is just going to be me and you talking nets and then as the day got delayed between us holy crap there's been a lot of nba news today like the day we're recording this so the sun's chris paul is in covid protocol which i just find you know a little sketchy because just the beginning of these playoffs lebron didn't have to enter covid protocol but anyway that's not even the biggest news. Scott Brooks is out as head coach of the Washington Wizards, and SVG is out as head coach in New Orleans. Yeah. And those are two teams that, depending on who they hire, it could be a complete blow-up rebuild. Less so for New Orleans because of Zion, unless he just wants out of there. 
But I don't, you know, what do you think about these two new coaching free agents and also the new positions that are, have just opened up? I can see both teams making a play for our assistant, Dan Tony. Yeah. Um, what I look at is the SVG one is interesting because he was only there one year. Scott Brooks getting fired, you know, doesn't surprise me at all. Um, he didn't do anything in Washington. It is interesting that they had a, such a great, like, last quarter of the season and he still got let go, especially this late. I mean, they've been out of the playoffs. So why they decided now to do this is interesting. Um, you know, luckily for them, there hasn't been any head coaching moves yet. So it's not like they waited too long and, and missed out on any of the uh, potential candidates out there. Um, but that's that the timing is still interesting to me that they waited this long to make that decision. Like I said, SVG is weird because he was there only one year. And, you know, obviously they struggled this year, especially defensively when he's supposed to be a defensive guy. Um, but it's interesting that he only got one year to try to work with this young team. Um, that's very interesting. Unless unless those young guys really just didn't like him and really just weren't, you know, adhering to what he was saying. Um, so that's interesting. The- so Scott Brooks has 521 wins and 413 losses. So, so he's above 500. Stan- and Stan Van Gundy, what I think the issue was, I think the obviously the, the team didn't click with him. You're yeah. go, you're going after one season, one disappointing season in many ways. They they replaced Alv, Alvin Gentry with SVG, and I think it obviously didn't work. It's a different NBA, as we hear every single time a more old school head coach is let go so fast. But that's the only thing I can kind of attribute it to. Like it may, he he must really not have gotten along with Zion or Lonzo or Ingram or Brandon Ingram. Uh, yeah, maybe I don't I don't know I don't know. I, for I mean, to me, New Orleans is weird because you look at their roster and you say, oh, they got talent, but they don't win. You know, whether it was Alvin Gentry, whether it was SVG, or they just don't win. Even when they had Anthony Davis, they just don't win. And they had Drew Holiday, they had Anthony Davis, they had. You know, well, DeMarcus Cousins unfortunately got hurt before they got a chance to like really do anything with him. But they've never been had lack of talent to me. They just didn't win. Um, and I also understand it's the West, so you got to be a really good team or really play above your head to win a lot of games in the West. I get that. So if they were if they were an Eastern Conference team, they would probably be like the Pacers, like that team that makes the playoffs every year, um, at the very least. So I, I I get it, but I don't. The question is who who are those coaches going to get? You mentioned Dan Tony. I don't see Dan Tony leaving the Nets for either one of those programs. And and Boston, Indiana, Portland, those all are looking for head coaches too. Um, from reading this ESPN article real quick, like obviously just glancing at it, it was a lack of consistency throughout the season. Van Gundy acknowledged that, like you know, he the COVID really messed up their off season going into last year, so. We're going into this year, I should say. Um, it's it seems like even considering that they're a younger team out west, that they were that disappointed with the lack of consistency and results that you know they got rid of them. Which good, rip the band-aid off early if you know this guy isn't the guy for your team. Because I can't imagine 
choosing Van Gundy over any of the three cornerstone pieces they have. No, that's, I mean, that's true. That's true. If it's not working, uh, you know, rip it off now. I, again, I don't see anybody. T- I don't see anybody jumping for joy for this job. I get it, Zion. But like I said, I that job. If I'm a coach, that job scares me because again, it's not like they've. It's not like they haven't had talent. Yeah, but the talent's been injured. Yeah, talent's been injured, mm-hmm. and okay, cool. But still, all right. So I want to walk into that job when I got to deal with injuries and COVID and everything else. No, I mean every job that th- that's available, with the exception of Portland. I think you're dealing with COVID and injuries. You know, and obviously COVID in Portland, but it's not like Boston doesn't have injuries. It's not like Indiana doesn't have injuries. It's not like Washington doesn't have injuries. Yeah, but or, or Orlando. Orlando's the other one that's that's looking for a head coach. Um, oh God! Yeah. And, and I think that out of all the teams, the order would be obviously if if you click with Dame, that's number one. But Boston, Portland, New Orleans. I take New Orleans over Indiana for both the location and the roster. Maybe, yeah. And 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 technically, isn't uh, McMillan only an interim head coach in, in Atlanta? But we're no, all assuming well, he's going to well, stay. I think I think that deal is basically done. He he will be you know re brought back to be Atlanta's full time coach as he should. Um, I I think if Dan Tony leaves for anything, it's Portland because I think he would love to work with Dame. And you don't think to, New Orleans? You don't think he could he could figure out something in New Orleans? No, they okay. don't. I don't. I mean, unless Lonzo. I mean, unless he thinks he can make Lonzo the next Jason you know, Harden. I I don't. I, I, again, I t- that, that job is not appealing to me. That's just me, and I love the city of New Orleans. It's my favorite city in America, but I don't. I don't think that's an appealing job. Like Zion's great. But this, like I said, this is an organization that doesn't see like, yeah, you brought up injuries with Boston. It's still Boston. They still have a reputation as being a good organization. They're still in the playoffs every year. You know what I mean? Like that, if I'm a coach, you're saying to yourself, okay, if we're healthy, we should be good. If I'm a coach, I'm looking at New Orleans, I'm saying, yeah, even if we're healthy, I don't know how much further I could take this team because they're that unknown. Brandon Ingram and Zion played well last year. So your two best players played that way. So it's not even like it's it's you unlocking something with your two best players. Like they played well all year last year and they still couldn't win. This for whatever reason, this team just doesn't, it's not whether it's not put together well or uh the, these these uh young players just don't, you know, lack certain things that can help them win. I, I don't know, but it just seems like a team that's not that good to me. I, to me, I think Indiana's better in terms of a job. Again, that's a team that normally makes the playoffs. It's a team that uh, has some nice young pieces that, as a coach, you might say to yourself, I can still unlock and get, and get to another level. Uh, I think Indiana is a much better or, uh, situation than New Orleans to me. And Kit, and Kit is interviewing with Orlando. Jason Kidd. That's we, that's and that's interesting that he chose that job over Portland because he probably wants complete control, like you tried grabbing from the True. Nets and the Bucks. Yeah, that's probably that's probably what it is. You probably could run Orlando, and to be honest, if you're Orlando, give it to him. What do you? What have you guys done to to make you think that? Oh you yeah, can... that that that's a decent situation where if he gets that much power, at least the NBA will be able to figure out if he's full of shit or not. Right. 
Um, the only other thing that's kind of going on right now that we didn't even mention is Kawhi got a knee injury and is about to miss game five. Yeah, they're, they're saying that he fears it's an ACL situation. That's terrible, man. Yeah, he got fouled last game and kind of and kind of like stepped awkwardly. Um, again, injuries suck, man. They, they really do. Like, yes, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say about that. I just figured I, I he deserves to be brought up. There's two other things I, I want to ask you. Um, do you think Scott Brooks gets another job as a head coach in the league? And on, on, on you know, regarding the playoffs, do you think there's a chance that the Hawks beat the, the, the Sixers? To answer your question, yes and yes. There's so – we just – all right, let's name the jobs. We said Portland. We said Orlando. We said Washington. We said New Orleans. We have Indiana. Am I missing any? That's five. Boston. There's six uh, openings right now. Um, there's other coaches that might get fired. We don't know. Uh, Budenholzer might get fired if they lose this series. No real talk. Um, you know who if if the if the Clippers lose, who knows what Balmer wants to do? Because you know he he really wants this Clippers team to win. If they can't beat the Jazz, even with Kawhi's injury, he might try to blow that that blow that thing up. So, uh, you know. There's a lot of job. There's six job openings now, potentially seven. To say that Scott Brooks wouldn't get one of them, I think he would. I think he has a good enough track record, and we know how the NBA is. It's it's a who do you know type of organization. Um, I'm sure he could get one job. He's not gonna. I don't think he'll get like the premier job. He probably won't get the Portland job or something like that. But he might get Indiana. He might get Boston. You know what I mean? Like that. I could see that. I can see that. Um, and then if uh, no disrespect to Scott Brooks, but I would think going from Brad Stevens to Scott Brooks would be a considerable step down for the Boston Celtics. Yeah. But to be very honest with you, I think Terry Stotts is probably going to get the Boston job. It just sounds right. It just sounds right. To be honest with you. Um, maybe, maybe Dan Tony, maybe, but it, it depends on the Kemba situation. They're talking about they don't want to, they're talking about both parties don't think it's a good fit anymore. So, you know, I don't know. You know, D'Antoni needs a point guard. So it's crazy to think that Kemba beat himself out of 20 million signing with the Celtics over what Michael Jordan offered him down in Charlotte to, to where he is now and to where the Hornets are now. Because the Hornets lucked out. They got LaMelo, who during this recording won rookie of the year. So that's more news um, and much deserved. So it's not like you can go back and have this reunion in Charlotte. You know, it's not yeah. like he has his home to go to who wants Kemba Walker, at least at the uh, price, unless they're going to wave him or stretch him. A lot of people are saying the Knicks, but I don't think that's a good idea. I know he's from New York. Um, I think I, the Knicks, oh my God. Well, after this season, just the, for the team they have currently, I think that would be a good fit. I don't think the Knicks fans want to use that cap on him. But if he gets waived or stretched or whatever, and they can sign him to a team-friendly deal, I'd do that in a heartbeat if I was the Knicks. Well, yeah, I, I like the fit. I, I guess for me, to me, it's Boston all over again for him. It's, it's Kyrie's shadow all over again for him. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I wouldn't want. I, I don't think that. I, if I'm, I, I'll put you this way: If I'm Kemba, I'm not going to the Knicks. I think if you're Kemba, you definitely go to the Knicks because you're. 
you're viewing it like a Nets fan, you know, which which we, we both proudly are. But no, Knicks no, fans, no, no. I'm doing I'm viewing it as knowing what's going to happen. The comparisons to Kyrie Irving are going to happen. Kyrie is the one that was supposed to go to the Knicks. He went to the Nets. Inner quotes, I suppose. And and you and you and you know how Knicks fans are now, always bringing up the Nets, even when nobody's thinking about them. And so for me, that's going to be a lot of pressure on Kemba, just like it was in Boston. Oh, we upgraded over Kyrie. Screw Kyrie. And they were acting like the ex-girlfriend that was blowing up the new boyfriend just to try to make the ex jealous when the ex has clearly moved on. And I think the Knicks are going to be the same thing. Oh, who needs who needs Kyrie and, K- and KD? We got... Julius Randle and Kemba, and it's going to be the same thing. I don't, I don't, I just don't think if I'm Kemba, I don't, he doesn't need that pressure. I think he should go to a team like, like Indiana or, or uh, maybe New Orleans. You know, I think he should go to a team like that where they're a decent team that needs a point guard where he can help elevate them. See, right? it's interesting you said that because I know there's Knicks fans out there that want Lonzo. Mm-hmm. So, is there a sign and trade to be had? I don't, I, there'd be a Knicks fans that are pissed. They trade away the kid from the Bronx and there are going to be Knicks fans that like the direction the team is going in. If they were to do some type of move for Lonzo ball. Right. And so, you know, again, the, the Knicks need a point guard. So the fit is there, but I just, I just think that is career suicide for Kemba because that's just a lot of pressure, man. And you're home. So there's a pressure of that too. Um, you know, I, I just think he should go to place like Indiana, Indiana or something like that. I think that'll be a perfect fit for him. They also need a point guard. No offense to Brogdon, but I think having Kemba would also help them. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a mid-market who I think would love Kemba and embrace Kemba. Um, they're still, like I said, they're still a good team. They make the playoffs every year when they're healthy. You know, they'll have a full season of Karis LeVert. Um, you know what I mean? Miles My, Turner, all those guys, Sabonis, all those guys. So I'm trying I think, to make Indiana better. I don't want Indiana to be better. I want them yeah, to suck. I know, I know you you like hate Indiana because Reggie Miller. I get it. But but I'm just thinking realistically, I think that's a perfect fit for him. Go there, make them again, they're not gonna win a championship, but they'll be a middle of the pack Eastern Conference team, and that's fine. No, I I, I think there's there'd be better situations for Kemba than Indiana. I really do. And the Knicks are one of them. I, I it's, it's weird because Lakers, if he wasn't a Celtic. Or the, or the Lakers, or the Lakers, they need a point guard. Yeah, yeah, the, the Lakers are one. You know, the Lakers need a point guard. Maybe the Clippers, uh, if you, you know, they still need a point guard. I know you have playoff Rondo, but in the regular season, you want something better than Rondo. So the Clippers, you know, I'm, there's teams out there. There's teams out there for sure. So before we wrap it up here, what are your conference finals predictions for out West? Well, obviously the Suns. Um, and well, I, I, if Kawhi's out, there's no way the Clippers are winning. So it's going to, it's going to be the Suns and the Jazz. I, I, th- I think it's hilarious. The complete lack of trust NBA fans have in Paul George. He made the NBA all uh, like t- uh, all the all NBA third team. And, so, and I so- think he's the one that, kind of snubbed Spida out of the uh, the All-NBA teams. Because I don't know well, how the best player on the best no, team... No, no, no. Technically, Bradley Bill did because it's... Remember, all, it's not like All-Star. 
NBA, all NBA is still like traditional in terms of like uh, the positions. So Bradley Beal is the one that snubs Spider because Bradley Beal is the shooting guard over uh, over Spider Mitchell. So to be so to be fair to Paul George, he's not the one that 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 kept Spider off. It was Bradley Beal and and uh, Luca making all NBA first team or second team, whichever one he made, he's first. now eligible for a $200 million max. Yeah. So mm-hmm. props. <laughs> so props. But um, tell them where they can find you, bro. They can find, oh, well, by the way, we got to shout out Kyrie Irving for making it. It's a Nets pod, right? Shout out to Kyrie Irving, all NBA team, 50-40-90 season. Only the fourth player ever to do 50-40-90 while averaging over 25 points. So congratulations to him since we are bringing up all NBA teams. But they can find me at never for Brett me N-E-V-A underscore the number four, B-R-E-T-T underscore M-E on Instagram and Twitter. I want uh, Kai to come back and drop 50. So, And you can find me at Not the Chuck D on all the socials. We are at www.thedope.blog and at the underscore dope blog on Instagram. Follow us, all the dope blog, all one word on Twitter. And go Nets. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. What the fuck I'm ill. What the fuck I'm ill. Sicker than your average. What the fuck I'm ill. What the fuck I'm ill. Sicker than your average.